right, and we're back, and we're talking all things NFL. We had the wild card weekend, which was truly wild, and we're heading into the divisional rounds this weekend. Uh, you'll be hearing this episode right before the divisional round starts, so make sure to tune in and hear maybe our awful picks, maybe our perfect picks. We shall see. Matt, you want to give us an update on how we did last weekend? We uh, we both were wrong about the Bills. We both were right about the Ravens. And then um, you, uh, wait, you got the Steelers right. You got the Saints right. I got the Rams right. I got Washington right. So we we ended three and three each. On we both, we, did we both pick the Colts? Is that what you're saying? No, we both, we both uh, took the, no, we got the Bills. Sorry, we got that. No, we both oh. took the Bills to cover six and a half. Right, and so got they only won by and they won, only won by three. So we got that one wrong, but we got the Ravens. You got Steelers and Saints. I got Rams and Washington. There you go. Well, we're all even we're going. Even, yeah. It's love it. Whew. Whew. Heating up in the playoffs, right? And these picks are more personal for you this weekend. So uh, we'll we'll see what what happens here. Uh, so let let's go over the wild card. I'll start off in the AFC. We had. Three games in the AFC, three games in the NFC. Obviously, with the with the addition of an extra playoff team in both in both categories. So, uh, me and Matt will popcorn uh, between our games here. I'll start us off with the Bills, who played the Colts, and it was the Bills who grabbed the victory, twenty seven to twenty four, over the Indianapolis Colts. Josh Allen scored three total touchdowns. Diggs had another big game with one hundred twenty eight yards and a touchdown, and a tight win for Buffalo, their first playoff win. Since 1995, which is crazy. I wasn't even born yet. That's nuts. Um, but yeah, the Bills grabbed that win and good for them. Uh, the Colts defense held up pretty well, honestly, but their offense couldn't get going into the fourth quarter. They had two touchdowns in the fourth, but only 10 points before the fourth, which is just a little too late uh, against uh, Bills team. And, you know, the Colts, they have the right pieces. I, I think at the end of the day, they just need a more dynamic quarterback. You know, Rivers, have we seen the last of him? There's rumors that he's going to retire. We'll see if that's true. I definitely don't think he'll be the quarterback of the Colts, regardless of what his decision is. Uh, and Buffalo did what they had to against really a top-tier defense, and now they move on to play Lamar Jackson and the Ravens, which will be an exciting game. But, yeah, Bills win 27-24. to Yeah, I mean, I think, like, even the line for that game was 6.5, and, and you can say, like, oh, 2-seed, 7-seed, but... Like a win in the playoffs is a win in the playoffs, probably even more so when it's been 26 years since you've had a home playoff win. So, like, I, I thought it was a nice win by the Bills. They, they, you know, showed their their resiliency because the Colts were certainly going to battle with them. And I agree. I think if you're if you're Indy, I think you have to be disappointed in in Philip Rivers' performance. But you also like Ty Hilton kind of came back towards the end of the year, but he needs some some more people to throw the ball to as well. So I think, but I but I would try go veteran quarterback draft receivers because we've seen a lot of young receivers. I mean, Justin Jefferson was a Pro Bowler this year as a rookie, so they're they're able to kind of adapt to the game a little quicker. Uh, I'll start at the uh, the number two seed against the number seven seed game as well. It was the Saints taking on the Bears. The Saints ended up winning twenty one to nineteen. They really handled this game from start to finish. It was the defense that kind of continues to be the story for them. Breeze, Kamara, the offense, they were strong. Don't get me wrong. They did what they had to do um, and, uh, you know, put up enough points. But it was it was really just the defense for me. They kept Mitch and Chicago in check all day. Uh, and, and that defense is just like they're just feeling really confident. It's 
it's not, you know, maybe the offense or just even the team that we expected um, for like New Orleans to be winning in this way. But with the dynamic weapons that Breeze has, with his ability still, you know, to uh, to get the ball out in um, quick fashion, and with that defense, like they they certainly have the uh, the build of of what a championship team looks like. So uh, easy win for New Orleans, and they will go up against uh, their divisional battle with the Buccaneers coming to town. Going to be the third matchup between those two teams, Jan. Love that. Yeah, it's going to be a really exciting game. We'll definitely talk more about it. Uh, what do you think the problem in Chicago is? Do you think they need to fire everybody? Do you think who do you think who do you think's coming back next year? I mean, it sounds like everyone's coming back, right? Ugh, I don't I uh, like. I don't. I know that they kind of did all right in the end to make the playoffs and stuff, but I, I think Matt Nagy clearly is not. He's at least not the right head coach in that job or at that spot. You know, I, I don't really think he's, he hasn't impressed me yet as a head coach. I know Ryan Pace hasn't been great as a GM either, but I kind of put more of the blame on Nagy if I have to put the blame on anybody. Like Trubisky does some things okay. Like he, he's not like an entirely incapable quarterback. Like there's some stuff he does where you're like, oh, all right. Like I, I see where people like look at him and they're like, yeah, we've got something to work with here to make an NFL quarterback. But nobody is clearly helped him work towards that in any fashion like he's been just kind of the same sort of guy that's relied on athleticism um and and ability so far and hasn't clearly gotten you know more competent in in just the the mental aspect of the game and such so i it sounds like they're all gonna be back but i would fire matt nagy i would have fired him weeks ago right because especially with like the idea that they brought matt nagy to coach mitch trubisky and it's like you still haven't gotten as much as you want out of the first pick that you made that was supposed to be this shock, that was this shock pick. Um, it, you know, a lot of questions in Chicago and, you know, the, scraping by into the playoffs and then getting manhandles is not what you want as a Bears fan, you know, and, and especially with the defense as good as they have. Uh, it's very disappointing, honestly. Uh, I think it's just as disappointing as if they just hadn't made the playoffs at all. Like, what's the difference between that and that? It's like not really that big of a difference. So, what is what is it like? There are times where moral victories get you, a, a, like, or mean something. Like, even the Dolphins missing out on the playoffs at eleven and five. I, I think there's a lot of moral victories to be taken because of just where their path is right now as a franchise, like where where they're at, where they're trying to get to, and such and such. And for the Bears, like a couple of years ago, they were being talked about as a Super Bowl contender, and this year. There wasn't. I mean, that this year that was the one game. All of us this weekend were like, "Well, we know who's going to win that one." Like all the the other five, I think we wouldn't have been that. Like if the Colts would have pulled it off against the Bills, I don't think we would have been that surprised. But like the Saints and and the Bears seemed pretty matter of fact, and it was. Yeah, and what do we think about Nickelodeon games? That was pretty fun. I think it's hilarious. I'm all about it. Yeah, the Nickelodeon too. valuable player, the MVP. I like the sliming of I. Bring it all. I get more get more football games just on obscure channels and present it to us in that like get it on the history channel, VH1, E, I don't all of it. Yeah, I'm 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 agreed. Whatever you gotta do, it's obviously worked and uh I hope we see it again soon. It's hilarious. It's so funny. It was so much fun to watch. And yeah, it, the MVP was just a comical. I was just like MVP. My God, you can't tell me Trubisky's not a good player. He's won the MVP. He's the only yeah. player ever to won the MVP. The lone first winner. Mister, the lone winner. You're gonna have to um, name it after him. 
yeah, that then it then it gets named the MVP again, the Mitchell, mm-hmm. <laughs> Mitchell the Mitchell, Mitchell the Mitchell Trubisky MVP award. Oh my gosh! Anyway, let's move on. Ravens Titans played obviously a, a matchup that we saw uh, very very recently in the playoffs. Lamar uh, wanting to get the uh, playoff choker label off his back, and the Titans looking to you know take a you know, hit or, hit and miss season and their lead rusher into kind of a playoff run. But it was the Titans who won, the Titans who lost this game, the Ravens grabbing the victory. Uh, Lamar rushing for 136 yards and one touchdown in this tight win. First playoff win for Lamar Jackson. And the big defense, we talked about it. Can Derrick Henry run against this defense? Because we know the Titans, they don't have anything else. They have A.J. Brown, who makes a couple of good plays, but their offense is nothing without Derrick Henry controlling the game. And he had 18 carries for 40 yards, and that was that. That that was that. He did, could not get going because the Ravens' defense handled him. And it was a great game plan, and it worked out like they wanted to. Uh, the Titans showed, you know, what what I mean, I don't really know what to think of the Titans. What what do they need? They have good receivers. It's not like Corey Davis. It's not like Johnny Smith. A.J. Brown's great. Do they need a more dynamic quarterback? Do they need a different coach? I, I really don't know what they need, but they need something, you know? And and it's it, it's it's going to be interesting to see what they do from here. But for now, Lamar showed his QB play is unique, unlike any other, and he goes to play the Bills in an appetizing clash of star quarterbacks. Yeah, I mean, I think it, it, it's I, – I do think it starts with the quarterback. Like, obviously, the Tennessee Titans need some help, uh, you know, pass defensive as, as well. Um, it wasn't horrible against the Ravens, but overall this season, certainly kind of a weak point for them. But I think like we, 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 I think we all really wanted the Titans to be really, really good. And I think the Titans are a good team, but I think we all also wanted Tannehill to be a better quarterback than he was. And Ryan Tannehill is a limited quarterback. Like he, he's not, he's not a top five quarterback that can do everything he needs. He needs help. And, and he, you know, just has, he's got a lot of ability, but, but he's, but he's got his own weaknesses and just limitations as well. So I think, I think that does look like the biggest question because I love Derrick Henry, but that's such an old school sort of offense, you know. And it's not a tough, it's not a tough one to, to really figure out when you really, really need to. Um, I'll go to the uh, the other. I already mentioned the Buccaneers winning, so I'll go to their game. They uh, they got a thirty-one to twenty-three win on the road, actually, to the Washington football team. Not the most accurate day for Brady. But uh, the big plays were especially there for the Bucks. Tyler Heineke put on one hell of a fight for Washington, used his legs to find some yards or lengthen plays. But really anytime, I mean, like, I think the Buccaneers defense certainly showed some weakness, but they did a good job of protecting Tom uh, against, against a really good front seven. And I think anytime Washington kind of got close, anytime Washington was like, all right, we're, we're here in this game, Brady and that offense were able to respond in a big way, which I think is, is a big, big – thing so mentioned already the the rematch with the saints and uh it, it should be a good one we'll kind of dive into more of it but uh bucks bucks looked pretty strong offensively i think defensively you still kind of have some questions about them but um hey wins a win and on to on to new orleans for them yeah and one more shout out to our hero taylor heineke what a what a performance considering he just got thrown in there to the dogs and uh he was balling that that oh, stretch yeah. out touchdown was that was pure. That was pure badassery. Is what that was. That stretch touchdown. It was just an excited. Like it made that game so exciting too. Like I was like, I'm loving watching this game. There you go. Thank you for making that exciting for as long as you did, Taylor. All right, we're gonna move on to the last game I have to cover. It was appreciate the, you, Taylor. 
We appreciate you, Taylor. Preach, preach. Um, no, but the Browns played the Steelers in an AFC North battle. The Steelers, obviously, the higher seed. Uh, the Browns beat the Steelers in the last week, but they had a lot of players resting. So people were saying, you know, was it legit? We obviously picked different teams uh, to win this one. And uh, let me tell you, it was the Browns who won in fantastic fashion. They won 48 to 37, highest scoring game of the wild card round. Don't let the score fool you, Matthew. The Browns bashed the Steelers in this one. They uh, Baker Mayfield had three touchdowns. The defensive unit had five turnovers that they delivered. Kareem Hunt, Nick Chubb scored three touchdowns and, and had 206 yards from scrimmage. They were really the difference in this one. But the Steelers, I mean, have a lot of questions to answer. They came into this game cocky as hell as if they were undefeated. And 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 Juju, you know, he ap- apologized for the logo thing. But then what does he do? He comes out and says the brains are the Browns are a bunch of nameless faces, you know. And even after losing, Chase Claypool, and I get he's young. I get it. I get he's young. But if I was a Steelers player, I wouldn't come out of the woodwork until next season after all of this. This just unbelievably. Like, just as if they don't know how they're playing, as if they think they're playing decently. They're not. They're not playing decently. The only reason that they even got back in this one is because the Browns were up by so much, and at that point it didn't matter. So <laughs> Go ahead, dude. Yeah, it, it's it's crazy. And, and, and for Chase Claypool to say that the Browns are going to get schlacked and, and that, you know, oh, and you just say, yeah, well, that's who they were. No, the Browns weren't that all season. The Browns were great all season. They lost to you the first time, but then they beat you the second time, and you, you didn't know how to play offense for the end of the season. So the Browns, you know, and, and, and they practiced once this. They practiced once going into that game. Practiced once, had to play without their head coach and a lot of other coaches, and they showed heart. They showed that they know who they are as a team. They move on to play of the Chiefs with, honestly, every belief that they can pull off an upset. And they really changed the narrative of that, of that organization. And meanwhile, the Steelers that are all about, supposed to be all about, you know, pride and professionalism, they do not have a culture. I'm not saying Mike Tomlin's to blame. He's definitely not. But Mike Tomlin needs to go in there and be like, this is not how we do it in Pittsburgh. This is why we got rid of Le'Veon Bell. This is why we got rid of Antonio Brown. You guys aren't, I don't care about you guys. Leave if that's how you want to act. I think Juju is poison to that team. I think Chase needs to get his shit together. And I just, I hated everything I saw out of the Pittsburgh camp before and after the loss. But I digress. Browns winning this one. Honestly, Greeny said it best. Most important win of the wildcard round uh, in terms of what it does for the organization. And they go on to play Mahomes and the Chiefs. Yeah, I mean, just the lack of of kind of ownership of like failure by the Steelers is what kind of irked me. Like I, I yeah, like you, you guys just got shellacked. And I know it wasn't all on you. Like I, I know probably mostly it was on Big Ben. Like you're not gonna throw four picks and and win a lot of games. And just the early turnovers were just were just killer. But like you, you just got your ass handed to you. You started the year eleven and zero, right? And finished it one and five, including this playoff game. Like the the lack of maturity to be like, yeah, you know, we were doing, we were really really successful throughout the year, and then something because something started going wrong, right? Like you don't go eleven and zero, and then one and five. I get the the uh, the schedule was kind of favorable at first and, and stuff, and so the the just opponents might be tougher, but like that's a pretty drastic swing where like you you're not being able to be like. 
yeah, we, we needed to do this better. We need to do that. But this is where, you know, the mistakes were and, and led to, you know, our overall failure because like end of the day, I, I don't even, I don't know why you're even giving your two cents on how far the Browns are going to go. All you should be caring about is the fact that you have to go back home because you just got knocked out of the playoffs. Who cares with the other teams, how far they go. And it's stupid to say that. I think I agree. The Browns, we, we said it like Baker Mayfield loves to have his back against the wall. And as a leader, that's also how he motivates. And you could just tell the whole team was was behind that. And that's going to be the case this week in, in Kansas City. Um, there was another upset on the NFC side of things. Really, I would say, you know, the, the Browns and, and this game being the only real upsets. I know that Baltimore and, and Tampa were both five seeds, but I think betting-wise they were favored. And, and I think most of us kind of expected them to win. Uh, but it was the uh, the divisional battle between the Rams and the Seahawks. The Rams beating Seattle. 30 to 20 in Seattle. Uh, Jared Goff actually ended up having to play and putting on a gutsy performance with the run game of Cam Akers really coming through. But I think, you know, as, as we've done all year with the Rams, it, it starts middle, begin. It It's all about the defense when it comes to L.A., and the defense certainly gets the credit here. Held Russell Wilson to 11 of 27 for passing, sacked him five times, caused an interception. Like, he, he just never looked settled once in this game. And it was a really impressive performance by L.A. Uh, I think, you know, optimistically, I'm hoping that the Packer offense will be a little more for a little bit more formidable um, because like Seattle, Seattle just couldn't do anything all all day. There was, you know, a couple touchdowns because D.K. Metcalf is is an absolute beast. Um, But L.A. just controlled the tempo of that game. And uh, it was it was I was impressed by Jared Goff for coming out there and leading the victory. Yeah, me too. And and, you know, I. Honestly, I, I came into last week. I said, if you don't run the ball, you're going to lose this game. But, you know, to credit, Chris Carson got 16 carries. I think altogether they had like 25 to 30 carries. You know, the, the, the Rams, it was always the matchup was bad. Russell Wilson is the most sacked quarterback in, in the history of the NFL. And the Rams are a sack machine. So it's just it was never going to work out that way. Um, and you know, there are a lot of questions remain about the Seahawks and they they, they fired, uh, Schottenheimer, obviously the offensive coordinators. So they made a change there, but for the Seahawks, you let the Rams come in with their injured quarterbacks with their defense, you know, their defense gave up big yardage. Once again, the Seahawks, you know, you fire the offensive coordinator, but like, how do you get the most out of these weapons? You got Russell Wilson still decently. Like, I think he's not as good as we thought he was at the beginning, but he's still Russell Wilson. You have DK Metcalf. You have Tyler Lockett. You have Chris Carson. You have weapons. So how do you, I just felt like they didn't know how to get the most out of them. So that's like a big question going into next year is like the Seahawks are tired of just being a good team in the regular season. They've had so like since their Super Bowl years, they've had like just offensive line issues and never seemed to want to like address it. And I think it really was an issue that like, Russell Wilson can dance around and run around and, and create a lot of space and length and plays as good as anybody, but he can't do it an entire game. Like you have to let him have a little bit of time back there. And I, I thought too, and like, I love that the Rams were motivated by this because I thought it was weird as hell when the Seahawks players were really celebrating the NFC West division. And like Jamal Adams was smoking a cigar. Like if the bills were doing that after all these long years and whatever, I'd understand a little bit more. This Seahawks team is, is still like kind of in the same iteration of the team that was going to Super Bowls. Why the hell do you care that you won your division? Right, exactly. You should have won your division considering 
you know, the Cardinals sucked and the 49ers had no players to play with. You well, know, it's they, just like it doesn't like it. Whether it's a tough division to win or not, that's not the goal. Do you think the the Patriots or do you think the Packers or do you think anyone like it's like okay, yeah, nice, we won our division. It, it, who cares? It doesn't right. like right exactly. And 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 what a way to like to bring on your own demise. You know, doing that against a team that you have to play in the playoffs. Like they knew that they knew that they might have to play them, Truly. and they brought it to themselves. And it's again, it's the. You know, kind of not as bad as Pittsburgh, but there's some there's some personality stuff going on in Seattle as well in terms of like what they think of themselves. And, uh, you know, Pete Carroll, you know, he's still going to be there and stuff, but they need to figure some stuff out quickly uh, and we'll see if they do. All right. I kind of gave mine already when I was talking my winners and losers for the wildcard round. Obviously, the Browns, the big winner organization wise and the losers, the Seahawks um, needing to figure out where they're going with their offense. Why don't you give me a winner and a loser from the wildcard round? Yeah, my winner was uh, was Tyler Heineke. Uh, I, I still I still fully believe that Washington is, is going to try and find a quarterback in the first round this year, especially after – I mean, I kind of thought they would anyway, but after uh, releasing Dwayne Haskins um, and then having, you know, a decent maybe spot to, to trade up for and get a quarterback, I think they'll, they'll, I think they'll pick one. But, like, after Heineke's performance, he's earned himself quite a lot of consideration from this coaching staff, and I think he's earned himself – a spot in the hunt for that starting job and, and even just being a backup. Uh, he played a great game. And, and I think anytime you too, you also just have fan support. Like that's, that's the kind of thing that sometimes a, a backup, that's all he needs to get a little bit of a chance. So like just a great performance for himself for giving him really a, a quite a big stepping stone into making it a long NFL career, whether it is just as a backup, but like that's how sometimes that's all you need as a backup is like one really good game. And they're like, all right, yeah, you're, you're serviceable in, in time of need. You you can understand an offense here and there. So I think big winner for me, Taylor Heineke, um, Ron Rivera as well, just because I, I think just a, a really nice performance by Washington. And then my loser, same. I, I think it was the Seahawks, you know, strong start to the year. The weaknesses of Seattle finally catching up to them, you know, a, and, and a dominating loss to a division rival. Like it, it feels light years away from those. Like, even though I said it's, you know, kind of the same iteration of those Super Bowl teams, they feel light years away. Uh, from those teams just like Russ can compensate for a lot but but they're asking him to do too much their defensive identity isn't what it was um so I'm right there with you with with Seattle being a bigger bigger loser even more so than Pittsburgh because I was like kind of like well Pittsburgh seems the obvious answer but I I think Seattle for sure right Pittsburgh's problems they had problems going in right like we didn't like there was we we thought they might get upset you know they had so, a lot of issues so they're definitely losers but they were losers before which is why I didn't really pick them they were like the biggest losers of the re- end of the regular season in my head but the Seahawks who won their division to play a team that they just beat and then lose to them in the more important game to me is like that that says it all right there you know you you got to and and you honestly the way they lost the Rams almost didn't need to field their offense to beat them. They beat them with their defense alone. Like, that 10 point, like 30 to 20, I don't think does it justice. Like LA dominated that game. Right, exactly. And uh, yeah, lots lots of questions uh, for Seattle. Just goes to show you with Seattle and Pittsburgh, the record does not often reflect uh, where you're going as an organization all the time. Uh, same thing with the Patriots last year. You know, they finished a good record, but did it did not get, do everything justice for sure. All right, let's move on because we got divisional round football this weekend, and it's going to be crazy. I am so excited. I know when Matt said, I have one game I care about, I'm like, you sure just one, just one game you care about? Soccer-wise. <laughs> no, but it's going to be really exciting. 
Uh, Matt's going to cover his NFC, obviously. I'll cover the AFC. Matt, take us away. Sounds good. Well, I'll, I'll start with my Packers and, and the just briefly uh, already mentioned Rams. It's the top offense in the league, at least statistically, in Green Bay, going up against the best st- statistical defense in the Rams. You know, I think for for L.A., if Jared Goff turns the ball over and makes life easier at all for Aaron Rodgers in this offense, it's going to be over fast. Because I think as good as L.A. is on defense, I do think the the Green Bay offense is strong enough and dynamic enough to still put up some points. They're not going to, you know, move the ball at will, but they're going to have a better time of it than Seattle did. Um, so I think if Jared Goff and that offense, if they can't win some field position battles and, and actually get some drives together, or if they turn the ball over and they just make it easier on 12, I, I think it's going to be a real easy day for Green Bay. Good news for LA is it's supposed to be pretty tame weather-wise. I think it's supposed to be like 32 degrees, so not going to be one of those real tough Green Bay sort of January games that, that you can get into. But I'm going to trust Rodgers in January nonetheless. The line's six and a half for Green Bay. I'm going to go with Green Bay beating that, 27 to 17. Six and a half for Green Bay. I, I like the pick. Obviously, questions about the big matchups, defense versus offense. But I agree. I think I think that L.A., while their defense is amazing, right? What, you, you look at their stats, right? They're the number one scoring defense in the league. You know what that means? That they capitalize on your mistakes. And you know who doesn't make mistakes this year? Aaron Rodgers. So for me, the LA defense will hold up well because without his top tier defense and with that offense that they have kind of injured right now, they'd get blown out of the water, right? So the defense is going to keep them in it for sure more than they would. But at the end of the day, Rodgers is going to need to make mistakes to give them the win. It's like, especially with the offense the Rams have six and a half points isn't a lot. Yeah. I got, I got the Packers by 10 in that one. And, uh, NFC and NFC championship coming. It's going to, it'll be exciting to watch. Uh, yeah, it'll, it's it's going to be nervy times hopefully, coming up. Hopefully better than last year's. Yeah. Last year's I remember I was so pumped. I was like, oh, let's go. And like, oh, man, quickly, quickly heartbroken. Oh, boy. But uh, different different team this year for sure for the Green Bay. So I think it's the strongest team, strongest team I've seen uh, in a long time. So I, I – you got some players there that can really, really hurt defenses. Uh, I will start off Ravens versus Bills, and and it's all about Lamar Jackson versus Josh Allen in this one. It's the in-form quarterback versus the on-fire quarterback. Uh, the big questions are, you know, can the Bills do work against a really stout Ravens defense? Honestly, for me, neck and neck with the Rams defense in terms of how good they are. They allow 51 yards per game on the ground, 51 it's ridiculous to me. They only allow 165 in the air. So it's going to be a hard defense. And and the Bills, they don't have a run game. They don't. They have Devin Singletary. They have Zach Moss. Fine. But like Josh Allen is also kind of their run game lately. So how does he work around that? We know he can. Just like, what do they do? Uh, and then it's the matchup between Stephon Diggs and either Marlon Humphrey or Marcus Peters. That's a good secondary. And if they can find a way to neutralize Stephon Diggs, you know, they have Cole Beasley, they have uh, Gabriel, they have John Brown and all those players. So they have other weapons that Josh Allen can find. But Stephon Diggs is what makes this team dangerous. And Stephon Diggs and the Josh Allen connection is what will win the Bills games. So it's going to be the Baltimore defense against that connection. I see a field goal game. You know, I see Josh, Justin Tucker and and Tyler Bass hitting six field goals. Each time. It's going to be a field goal game is what it's going to be. Um 
And these quarterbacks are going to try to get creative in a game of chess. I really do think so. Um, I, the Bills are favored by two and a half. I'm going to say they win by a field goal, cover the spread, uh, and, and the Bills win this one. I, I just I, I think Lamar Jackson is great, and I and I think that he will make it as close as possible. But Josh Allen, especially as much as I hated on him in the beginning of the season, he has well and truly earned my respect, and uh, I, I give the Bills an AFC division game. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that this to me is the best game of the week. I know the Bucks saints game is, is certainly an appealing one as well, but I we've – like I said, this is going to be the third time we've seen it. So, you know, it's getting a little old, guys. Uh, yeah. We haven't gotten to see this matchup. And like you said, it's two young quarterbacks. A, a quarterback in Lamar who just got, you know, the playoff victory off his back, a franchise in Buffalo that, you know, ended a long, long drought with the win last week. So it's two teams that are feeling pretty high, not only from the, how they finished the regular season, but with the recent playoff victories. It's, you know, they, they have explosive offenses for very different reasons. As you said, you know, Bill's certainly more pass-focused as far as um, Baltimore being more focused on the run and getting, you know, Edwards and, and J.K. Dobbins and, and Lamar out there. I I lean towards just the, the Baltimore defense being a little bit better, and uh, I think it's going to be extremely, extremely close, but I'm going to go with Baltimore. I have – me and Yannick filled out just brackets for, like, the playoffs, and I have the Bills in the Super Bowl. I'm picking Baltimore. I'm going to go Baltimore 23-21. There you go. I love that. I, I, it's gonna. I, I agree. I think it's the most exciting game. You know, I, I think Breeze and Brady is always a good narrative, but I, I just, this is it. This is like the rising quarterback game, and I, I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Who can challenge Mahomes? This game's gonna decide, and that's, uh, that's always exciting, man. That's always exciting. Uh, why don't you take us to the, the, the game we've been mentioning a couple times now? Yes, of course. Mentioned it. Two teams faced off. The first time it was, you know, an opening week win with the Saints, you know, controlling for the most part, but, you know, a a tighter game, 34-23 to win in New Orleans. Then they met about the, you know, midweek point of the season in Tampa Bay, and and the Saints absolutely destroyed them. It was 38-3. to Tampa Bay was never in the game. I mean, they looked like, you know, two teams on completely opposite sides of the spectrum. But I I think Tampa Bay has, you know, I've been as big of a Tampa Bay hater as anybody. But I do think now they are starting to kind of figure each other out a little bit more, getting into a groove. I think they look probably as as strong as they've looked in a while. Like I said, the efficiency of the offense worries me, but they do have a lot of big play guys and big play opportunities. Um, Leonard Fournette expected to play. Not sure about Ronald Jones, which I think that would be a pretty big addition for them. I, I just think it's tough to beat a team three times. Like I, I, I love the Saints. As I said, I think the Saints are probably – Probably even more so than the Packers, the most complete team, top to bottom. Uh, but but I I think I'm going to go with Tom. I know I that the Saints are a three point favorite, but I'm going to go Tampa Bay getting the win, 34 to 30, and meeting Green Bay in the NFC Championship game. Yeah, what's the spread for that one one more time? Uh, the Saints are at minus three. Minus three. Yeah, it's hard. You know. It's hard to vote for a team to beat another team three times, let alone for that third time to also be against Brady in the playoffs. It, it becomes really hard to take that bet, uh, regardless of how complete the Saints look. Um, you know what? I'm going to take it, though. I'm going to take that bet. I think the Saints win by a touchdown. I, I, I just think, you know, it, it, for me, it's not about Breeze. I think that he's not going to be the reason to win. It's the Saints' defense. And there's a reason they won those first two games, and it wasn't because – 
wasn't because of luck. It's because they have a matchup favorable to playing uh, the offensive line of the Bucks. They they hassle and har- and Harry Tom Brady, and he makes mistakes. And I think you know, as good as Tom Brady will, he'll make less mistakes for sure. And you know, he's got a lot of weapons, and it'll be a it'll be a close one. But I I, I just think the Saints have the formula against them. I think that's why they win. I don't think it's luck. I think it's a bad matchup for Tampa Bay. Uh, but it'll be exciting, man. It'll be exciting. And the Saints also have a lot to prove. You know, people are talking about the Bucks have a lot to prove, you know, with Brady wanting to make a playoff run with his new team and, you know, with losing twice to the Saints. But the Saints have their own playoff demons to exercise. So, like, they want to win as much as the Bucks. Don't you even think about it. And that defense wants to eat up Tom Brady in the playoffs. Um, that's always defenses want to do. Uh, but, yeah, it's going to be a close one for sure. We end with the Browns versus the Chiefs. The Browns, like we talked about, exercised their demons in a fantastic win over the Steelers last week. Meanwhile, the Chiefs have three MVP candidates. So um, what are we going to do here? Uh, the Chiefs are favored right now, Matthew, by 10 points. Are you kidding me? 10 points in a divisional round game? That's ridiculous. Seems unfair considering Browns have a really good run game and the Chiefs have an average defense. But that is where it's at. And, uh, you know, I love the Browns. I love what they're doing. I think they'll cause the Chiefs more trouble than than people think. Uh, I have them covering the spread, the 10-point spread, but I have the Chiefs winning by five. I think it'll be closer than expected and and probably high scoring. But, you know, it's the Alabama effect, right? There's too many weapons, and that means there's not enough solutions. So even if they, even if they cover, you know, Travis Kelsey, even if they cover Tyreek Hill, there's just going to have another player that emerges because he's completely wide open at that point, you know? And I, and I just think that's what it is. And you're forgetting the biggest factor, which is the best quarterback in the league, Patrick Mahomes, who doesn't lose in the playoffs. So uh, it's, it's definitely, it's definitely gonna be a hard task for the Browns. I think they'll do better than people expecting, but I'm seeing the chiefs uh, meeting the bills in this one. Yeah. I think after the last two seasons, two of the chiefs and just like the success they've had and Mahomes has, has had, it's, it's so easy to, to like take it for granted in the sense of just be like, Oh, are they that good? And like, yeah, they're still extreme. Like they went 14 and two. They're still like the, the best team just because they might not he- meet, reach some insane milestone or like, or like, you know, marker check mark to be like, Oh yeah, they are still that good. I think it's just because you're never like teams are always going to doubt you uh, when like, they know you're the best, but they take for granted just how good you are. And, um, yeah, I think – I love what the Browns did last week. It's another game where they certainly have the uh, their backs against the wall, which which we know they love. But it's it's a little bit differently – it's di- different from, you know, the perspective of their opponent. It's not, you know, personal like it was with the Steelers, with the Chiefs. Um, for the Chiefs, this is all about just taking care of business and getting back to the Super Bowl and, and getting another ring on Mahomes' finger. So – I think the Browns are going to come out and, and fighting, but in the end, I think in the fourth quarter, you said it. Just I think the Chiefs kind of flex their muscles with those weapons, and I have the Chiefs winning thirty-one to twenty. There you go. So the Chiefs cover both spreads. Matt and I currently tied on record. We'll update you to see uh, who gets it. I think we picked all the same people, right, except for the Bucks Saints game and Buffalo, Bu- Baltimore, Buffalo. Oh, yeah, you had, right, you had, I forgot that you picked Lamar. I love that. Okay, well, two best games, and we picked different players. That's exciting. That's exciting. I'm excited. Uh, it will be good. Regardless, I win, either here or in our bracket. Look, we know, we know how to really, you know, pump up the drama factor on this show, Jan. Yeah, we said, who's picking who? We we talked beforehand. No. Um, 
Otherwise, I would I would have picked the Bucks. Um, I'd be a Brady homer. I could do that. All right. Well, we talked about you about the NFL games coming up, about the NFL games that have passed, and with that, we're ready to cool down. There you go. That's from Matthew. Once more, glad to have that back. Uh, we're going to start off with a segment we've kind of not been doing lately, but we're going to bring it back. Historical fact of the day. I'll start us off. Today, in 2001, Wikipedia was launched by Jimmy Wales and Larry Sanger. Thank God. Subject of a lot of controversy and every student report since then. And uh, it's it's really, it's. I don't think I owe anything more from my education than to Wikipedia. I really don't. I think uh, it's probably, it was my biggest study, but I love, I love Wikipedia. I love Wikipedia for everything. Just the entire wealth of information on there about like anything. It yeah. rules. I also like, I, now I know that there's some teachers that are like, cause they're, they're pretty tight. Like they control the, uh, you know, the discourse on Wikipedia a little more now. So I know some teachers now are like, yeah, you can use Wikipedia. But when you couldn't, I was like, there was always an easy way around it because you could either like find the source that they like put or I would just like take the information I learned from Wikipedia and then like Google search that and then just find some like actual source that said the same thing. And I was like, perfect, that'll work. Right. I did even less work, Matthew. I, I would pick things from the Wikipedia and then I would just pick, oh, that that link looks relevant. That look looks relevant. That look. I wouldn't even. I wouldn't even make it that specific. You know. You know too that like they're like they're not gonna fact check all these. Like there was one time that like I was like in that bibliography or like whatever you had to do like the page number, and I was like, I, they're not gonna go check page eight to see if that's where this information's at. Like whatever. Who cares? Right. It's like, you know what, when I'm writing a paper that I can get sued for, then I will start to care about page yeah. numbers. But until then, this is not what I'm, I'm focusing on. All right. <laughs> What's your historical fact for the day? So mine is, it's from two days ago, um, but I had to still share it because I just thought it was, thought it was a good one. And it was in honor of the start of the NHL season uh, in 1985 on January 13th. So I guess three days ago for if you're listening to this on Saturday. Um, Wayne Gretzky scored his 400th career NHL, NHL goal. It was in only his 436th game fastest player to ever do that. Yeah, that's amazing. That's, that's honestly, yeah. I hear Wayne Gretzky, like just like stats like that every now and then. And I'm just like, yeah, there's no, I don't even need to like watch hockey to enter the greatest of all time debate. Like he, he's got that sealed. Yeah, it's really interesting because like every other sport, the GOAT debate is up for grabs. Like football is is all over the place because there's so many different positions. Soccer is between like two or three players. There might be one that is kind of like, you know, kind of agreed on by more people, but that's that. Obviously, basketball, there's the conversation between two or three players. Hockey, there is no conversation. It's just Wayne. It's just Wayne Gretzky. It's crazy. Um but uh, yeah, that's a great fact. Glad you brought it up. Uh, and uh, you know what? Any historical fact is great. So if you're like, it's not January 13th, well, shut up. <laughs> that's Close enough. Close How enough. Stingy are you about historical facts if you're that way? Like, gosh, relax. Right. And how stingy are you about historical facts and listening to this podcast? Like we are all over the place in terms of fact. Like, yeah, yeah. 
We don't. We we say random stuff all the time. Uh, you about how Rudolph? We didn't want Rudolph to be a drunk. Yeah, that that was my favorite fact. That's <laughs> oh my easily my favorite fact. Oh boy! All right. Well, we are in the transition period between Christmas and Valentine's Day, which takes like a month. So, my question for you, Matthew: When should the Christmas decorations go away? And the Valentine's decorations go up. And you can have different dates for this. But I, I'm just curious about what you think. Uh, well, you know, I think I feel passionate. Well, not that passionately. I feel sort of passionately about one and could not care less about the the other. But I think I think like the week after New Year's, it's time to, to like start bringing Christmas things down. Like I, I, I love having them up. I would probably have Christmas decorations up all year round. But it also it makes it less special, you know, if you've got them up too long. So I usually make it like a long process, like a week-long process of like, all right, today we'll take that one. But I think by like January 7th or 8th, you, you probably should move on. And I don't think I've ever really put up Valentine's Day decorations. So I don't – it seems like a stupid thing to decorate for. Like what, what are you going to okay. put? Like a, like a heart or something? But like I suppose I suppose if we're making a time to start decorating, I wouldn't I wouldn't do it till like February 7th. But I'm probably not going to decorate for Valentine's Day. Sounds okay, like sounds so like a lot of work for a holiday. I don't give a shit about. <laughs> okay, so new, so like follow up question. Uh, I guess when I said Valentine's decorations, I meant more like shops putting up Valentine's Day stuff. So when do you think that should start? Because it's already happening. But like oh, that's where it lives. I mean, like time wise, timeline wise, and calendar wise. Yeah, it's definitely too early, but specialty candy rules so i never get mad like i always feel like the candy for every holiday is like in there way too early but i'm always just like sick different uh formed reese's uh cups this is awesome like now it's a heart instead of a santa or whatever so specialty candy just kind of makes me laugh so i'm, I'm cool with it already being in there <laughs> although it probably okay. shouldn't be <laughs> there you go matt 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 is just all about what he what his personal preference is in terms of rules so there you go as it should be uh my my rule for for christmas kind of lines up with yours for a different reason uh you know i grew up catholic and 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 january 6th is the epiphany it's when the three wise men come to visit the baby jesus after that you're done that's like it the, the birth has happened. The gifts are there. Put down the decorations. So January 6th is my cutoff. It's like, that's when you take things down. Uh, and so that's kind of for taking down Christmas decorations. And for me, wait until the last week of January. It doesn't have to be the last day of January. Wait until the last week of January to put up Valentine's stuff in stores. I, I just think it's a little early. It's like not February 2nd. It's the 14th. Like, you guys, you got three weeks there. Like Yeah, pull it back. Pull it back a little bit. I agree. All right. Well, let's get to the more important thing. That was a that was a silly question to go on, but it's one that I was curious about. Let's go on to the serious stuff. Thank you, uh, and, and I appreciate the the support. But you still got to do the quick fire questions. So get on the Good. hot seat. Bring them on, baby. Bring them on. Bring them on. All right. The theme of this day's quick fire questions uh, is all over and unders for the divisional games. So I'm going to give you some. Uh, over and under uh, situations, and you'll tell me which. All right, the big matchup in the Packers-Rams game. So many matchups, but the big one, Devonta Adams versus Jalen Ramsey. Devonta Adams over or under 100 yards versus Jalen Ramsey? Uh, I'm going to go under. Okay, I under. Think, I think go. he's going to be like I, – I think Devonta's still going to get his. 
Um, but I think he's certainly going to be slowed down by Jalen Ramsey. But I think even I, I think I, he's a guy that they use so much. He's great as a decoy, and, and I think that that even will be his his big part. So I think like maybe eighty or ninety, but I'm going to go under a hundred. There you go. Yeah, I think touchdown wise, he could be a big factor in this game. But yeah, yardage I would, wise, and I would say that even matters more. Like, if oh, yeah, he makes his mark touchdown wise and gets thirty yards. Cool, that's fine. Like, I, I yeah. think, yeah. Pull a Mike Evans, two catches for two touchdowns for two yards. That's what exactly. You <laughs> that's all you need. Uh, all right, Drew Brees and Tom Brady battling it out in an NFC South clash and a clash of future Hall of Famers. Drew Brees and Tom Brady combined. Over or under six throwing touchdowns? Hmm. I'm trying to think what my my score was. I think my score was like 34-30. I think Brady's going to have to throw a lot. What if I what if I think it's going to be right at six? You can tell me that. Right at six? I'm going to go right at six. Yeah. There's going to be <laughs> okay. four, four for Tom, two for Drew, right at six. Love that. I love that. There you go. That's what I that's that's always a good answer. All right. And my final one, the Bills versus the Ravens. You got two quarterbacks who like to run the ball. One obviously more than the other, but uh Josh Allen still can do stuff with his legs. Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen combined over or under 200 rushing yards. Under. I think Lamar, I think Lamar will probably have a decent game, but like Josh Allen's runs for the most part are more like in the moment, like they're, they're big plays because of when, like when he breaks them off and stuff and he is so tough to bring down, but it's less a part of their like offense, you know, where like Lamar running it is kind of a, a pretty integral part of the Ravens offense. So I, uh, yeah, under 200 yards between them both. Right. Yeah. This last, this, if, if I had said that this last weekend, they would have been around 175 together. So just under that number, but, uh, it's going to be interesting to see which is those. Okay, and you're out of the quick fire questions. Uh, that was the over under of the quick fire. You answered those beautifully. Uh, not a not a drop of sweat. He's he's cool under pressure. He's cool under pressure. Not I lying. lived this shit. Yeah, there you go. All right, thank you guys for joining us for our episodes uh, for this week. Our back to back episodes, rather. Uh, it's been it's been a lot of fun. We'll have new ones out for you next week. Uh, Hopefully we'll both be in positive spirits. Maybe we'll both be in terrible moods. We'll see. Uh, always fun to see which one, which I one could happens. be. I could be in an incredible mood. Next right. Week. Yeah. You, uh, but, I'm okay, be, but I'm okay with being in like a pretty good mood, which would be a Packers. I'm actually okay with, yeah, a pretty good mood, which would be a Packers win and a man you win. As long as green Bay wins the weekend, will be fine. If they both win, is. I don't, there'll be a lot of happiness on, on the next episode. <laughs> Right. And if Byron loses, I'm going to be a mess. So let's not let's not go there too far. But for now, we're fine. Thank you for joining us. Stay safe. Wear a mask. Numbers are as bad as ever. Don't think that we're out of the woodwork just yet. We are not. Uh, Stay warm. It's still cold out there. You know, other diseases still exist. Wear a jacket. My goodness, people. The flu is a real thing still. And uh, we don't want you to get hypothermia. That's what not what we want. (laughs) That's not what we want. I digress. Have That's Yannick's happy... new character, the caring grandmother. You've got to hey, be so cold out there. you got to be so cold. Oh, my goodness. It's the corona, but also Freeze influenza. Get fingers off. Get in here. Oh, my goodness. All right. Have a good weekend. And from Matthew, as always. Cheers, y'all.